Uh, they met at college, and I think they were just hooking up for, I think, about six months. And they never, like, officially dated. I'm not sure if they were having intercourse with other people. I, I think I think it was very unofficial and nothing too serious. And I think it was just a fun thing that they did for a while. Three months before she got pregnant with me, she got pregnant and she had an abortion, said it was the hardest thing she ever had to do when they were having unprotected sex. And they started having protected sex and they still got pregnant with me. My mom just said she couldn't do it again. And I don't, I, she's never, because I think she thought I might feel bad, specifically said if my father was upset that she was going to keep it, but I don't know if it really matters. And I also don't know if he knows about the first one. I think because it wasn't an official relationship or anything, they just kind of dissipated. And my father has never financially contributed to my life. And I think it would be obviously easier if he did. My mother, from the time I was born till now, still is just so spiteful that he hasn't. And I think she made it clear to him that she wanted him to financially contribute. I, one time she said, when I was first born, he had to pay like $25 a month, which is, I mean, for a college student, maybe that is a lot, but it's not a lot in general. And he never has done that. It's like thousands of he'll the the way New York State works where I'm from, the bill will keep going until I turn twenty one and he'll have to pay until the day he dies. But because he does not live in New York State and he lives in Washington DC and they have different laws regarding that and they can't enforce each other's laws, that's why he doesn't have to pay. My mother and my grandmother, because we live in a two family house, always literally when I was 18 I had to tell them to tell me bad things about him because they never wanted to influence my opinion of him negatively and I always I mean I'm not an idiot even from the time I was five I remember like I knew that they were not friends whenever they're around each other they still my mother and father have still have the natural chemistry of being friends and she acts very fake around him because she does not like him at all but they would always just tell me what they knew in a positive light but they did I don't think they knew a ton one time he told me he was going to come for my birthday and he didn't and my mom so two family house so she went to my grandmother's house she like took the wireless phone and I, she didn't know I followed her and I heard her in like the back of the upstairs so like no one downstairs could hear just scream at him like like she was just very upset and very I think she just felt so bad but I think also just you can just pick up on things like just I mean it's my mom so like I can I'm close with her so I can just tell when she's like upset or uncomfortable even if she doesn't outwardly say it to me and tries to hide her emotions he's just very not a mature adult i think something that i've observed in the couple times i've seen of him and how my mom just thinks about him that i have as well we're very charismatic and we're very good at i would say manipulating is a negative word i don't like to think i'm manipulative but it's very easy to do and that's what he does he manipulates his way through life so he really doesn't have to do much so like living with people like not having to pay rent and stuff like that or just like trying to be very charming and like getting having like five business deals that might be on the verge of happening that fall through because he really can't fall through because he's really immature and i think he's like a recovering alcoholic still he has not had a steady job any time in my life which is another reason why he's never had to pay child support because if they can't look at his salary coming in every week or every two weeks or every month. So he just, I think he just still really needs to grow up. Another thing, his father, my grandfather, has done things for me. And I don't really know how that happened, but I had met my grandfather before. He had come with my father once. And then I just, I decided I really liked my grandfather because he has, my dad has seven, or my dad is one of seven on his dad's side and one of two on his mom's side um, because his parents are divorced. And one of them is dead. Two of them are in jail. One's like a crack addict. I don't know. They're just, he did a very bad job raising his his son. And one of them, 
still lives with him because when a month before I was born, he accidentally shot himself in the face with a gun. So my grandfather feels very bad. So he has, I think, 17 grandkids between all of his kids, and he does a lot for us. So he has, like, sent me money before and helped me. I remember went to China this summer, and he gave me money towards that and, like, just sometimes randomly has sent me money. And I think that's a the grandfather tries to make up for with his grandchildren for what he didn't do as a father. And I've always kind of in the back of my mind thought if my father might do that. I don't know. I don't think my father will have his life together enough when I have kids, but I just thought that would be interesting. Because my grandmother, because of the fact that my mom's dad left, my mom and her have some hostility. My grandmother has been, like, the most amazing grandmother in the world to me. I th- it's just an interesting thing on both sides of my family's, like, the parents of my parents trying to atone for what they did through their grandchildren. My grandmother realized she really didn't love my grandfather when my mom was two, divorced, and then he left. And my mother, it's, I mean, when your father's not around, you feel like you're not loved, and then she became overweight, and like, all of these things. And my grandmother was 25 when he left, and she got a new group of friends. And what, she never left my mother alone. She always left my mother with my great-grandmother. So, my mother is very close to her grandmother. And my grandmother never realized what that would do to my mother, which made my mom feel unloved by both of her parents, one who wasn't there physically and one who really wasn't there, wasn't around because of just how my mother had to, my grandmother wanted to go out and have fun. She was in her 20s and meet people and still have a life, basically. And she always, like, she always thought she was taking care of my mother by leaving her with my great-grandmother. So I think that just made my mom just feel horrible and so insecure and, like, just take things so seriously and always try to do so many things for people so they can love her and then they don't. And then I think that's why she had the type of relationship with my father that she did, which is, like, a very sexual, physical one. And why she didn't really – why that type of relationship formed with a really not a great guy who was not responsible and couldn't get his life together. I think I felt very insecure. I never felt unloved. My mother and my – oh, they smothered me like no other. I was definitely a spoiled child. And you have my mother and you have my grandmother and you had my great-grandmother until I was 16 and my godmother and my grandmother's sister. I was raised by a lot of women. And just like uh, this huge network of my mother's family, whether it was like my godmother who's not actually blood-related to me or my blood relatives, just like doing so – I never went without. And that's mostly though because my mom – she worked three jobs, I think, for 11 years of my life, and always two. She still works two now. And she just – I've always had everything I wanted, and there's nothing in my life I can think of that I – or I, everything I needed, and nothing I didn't – that I wanted I didn't get except for I didn't go to Europe, get to go to Europe when I was a junior, which really wasn't that big a deal because I'd had a cross-country meet anyways. But that's that's the only thing I think of that I ever wanted that I didn't have, and that was like $6,000, so I really wasn't mad. Never felt unloved. Or unwanted. I don't know where my sense of insecurity came from. It still is lingering. I mean, everyone's naturally insecure, but I think it definitely was a little over the top. And then my sophomore year, I started running, and I think that definitely like did a lot for me. And then senior year is when like I was just like really good at running, and I usually did pretty well with every other aspect of my life. But I think my mother and I are both very good at hiding our emotions. So I would say I was like really popular and did well socially and stuff like that, but still just felt so insecure on the inside. And I think maybe when I was younger, it might stem from my father being absent. But I think, especially now, I just realized that he's so messed up that I don't really know if I care. And I, again, I was always so afraid of not caring and giving up on him just because I didn't want that to become, I didn't want my mother to, I looked at my mother and see how things with her father affected her negatively. I never wanted that to happen. Both of my parents, in very different ways, showed me what I do not want from life.
And I think that is something I guess I'm thankful for for both of them. I don't want to be irresponsible like my father and selfish. I don't want to really live for other people like my mom does and make some bad decisions and and carry things around with me for years. And I know a lot of people, I think my mom says she like doesn't care about the fact, I mean, before her father, she found out her father said she doesn't care about the fact that he wasn't around and didn't love her, but she definitely still does. And it's not that I don't care. It's just, it happened and it happened for a lot of reasons that don't really affect me. And I, I see how it made me who I am and I like that person. My grandmother really wanted me to have a relationship with him just because, I mean, she, it always made her so sad to look at my mom, and she just didn't want me to turn out like that. I remember one time on the phone I told him that if I knew I'd be a father like him, I would never have children. And I remember, I didn't feel bad saying that. It was just such a, I didn't like, I don't like being spiteful, which is what that was. And it also was, the only point of saying that was really to hurt him, but it also just to me looked at like, I feel like so many of my negative emotions toward him really had nothing to do with what was going on and just what I thought was going on. Like when you observe other parents and stuff, like like other ways that families work. And, but I never really wanted my family to work like that because I never really... My dad and I are similar to a point where we like really annoy each other. Or No, he laughs. I, I get so frustrated with his views on life. Like it's not even that I disagree with them. They just seem somewhat idiotic to me. I, I think I wanted him because I thought I was supposed to, but when I actually think of who my father is, like... I would not want him around more because we would just argue and he just annoys me. My mother is white, but she's like in the term you'd use ghetto, like because she likes black men. And I'm very not ghetto, I guess, if you think about it. I pop my collar, very preppy, even though I'm actually the person of color. My mom's not. My father, I think, used to think that was my mother's fault. And I think he realized that that's just how I decided to grow up. But I think those five women, it's like, my mother's the only one that I would consider ghetto, so it was like a contrast in a way, so maybe I learned it from them. Well, I remember when I was in my cousin's wedding when I was nine, there were 25 people in the wedding, and I was the only person who wasn't white, and I was the ring bearer. And I remember I cried, and I was like really upset, and then a lot of black people growing up did not like me because I didn't act black enough, all these things. But I think I realized, especially after talking to another half-black person who was raised by like their white mother, they were always like, I don't know if I belong in the white community or the black community. And then I first was like, well, technically you belong in the biracial community. But also, like, I don't really care, I realized. Like, that you just have, there's this, like, saying where it's like, do you. Like, just be yourself and go out there. And it's really nice to, like, have a group and, like, to feel like you belong. But feeling like you belong on arbitrary lines as race, I don't believe in at all. And I also, be, the whole, like, and I learned this when I was older, like, learning to stand out type of thing like you just kind of have to accept it if you're going to so it definitely was hard growing up but over time I just realized that I don't care and because I kind of I think I had to not care I mean I remember I told my mom once I didn't think I was her son because I was a different color and she got Hershey syrup and milk and mixed them together and like explained that to me I think that always stuck with me I, my father is a part of me and I've always just been aware of trying to find those parts and like the charisma thing I think I got through a lot of life on that. And, like, I mean, I definitely, like, worked hard at things. But I can think, even now, when I'm, like, supposed to be grown up and in college, like, I just got by just because I just sweet-talked my way out of or into things. And I realized, I was like, my luck will run out, and I don't want to end up like my father. And I guess those are, like, extremes in a way. But, like, I think I'm definitely, when I realized that that was a very clear way that we are similar. I don't want to do that and use that charm, I guess, which I'm lucky to have, and I guess it would be nice to have, just not if I abuse it. 
I think it was sometimes hard with my mom when I would like look, I would do something and she would say I look exactly like my father. And like she, you could tell she was annoyed that I like made that face or like he always is humming and whistling and I always like hum and whistle and like that would always annoy her. Yeah. I think that might have like been like a hard thing to growing up. But like she doesn't do that anymore because I told her I didn't like it. I want to say, including my one-year-old birthday party, four times he visited. And but it is more than six times, but, like, maybe if he was, like, passing through, like, nothing else serious. And then I would talk to him very sparingly. But, like, it wasn't, I wasn't oblivious to anything. It's just, like, he just never really fit into my life, which he still doesn't, which I think he realizes now that, like, when you miss, I mean, he essentially missed all of my life. You can always add people into your life. Like, you can always make new friends, new family members, new relationships, whatever. But, like, a relationship that's always supposed to be there, you can't, when you can't backtrack, he really doesn't have a spot in my life. So he'd really have to fight hard for one. He's still too messed up and doesn't really know how. And he just, just really messed up. I, You know, it was really interesting when I came to college. I'm gay and I, like, told – I came out when I was 12 and, like, my whole family knows. Someone asked me what my dad thought about it and I was like, I have never told him. And – that is not because I purposely didn't tell him. I just never thought to because we don't talk. And I remember that was like I had to talk to him then because like, oh, my God. And that was – this is the way he annoys me. He does not care that I'm gay. He thinks it's a choice. And he thinks – he's like, that's great if you want to make that choice. I don't care, but it's a choice. Most people that think it's a choice are saying you make the wrong choice. He's like, make whatever choice you want. I don't care, but you made it. So it's like I can't – be mad that he sounds ignorant to me, but, like, it's so annoying. Like, you get how that's frustrating, so we can't argue about it because he's being accepting. He's just like, whatever, make a choice. Like, make a choice to dye your hair blue or red. He's never had time, so he's, and he's kind of run out of it. But when you get to the stage where I am in my life, like, your parents will always be there, but the influence really is everything in the past. So, like, 18 years and you're kind of done. Either not, I still think I'll need my mom my grandmother, and, like, I want them to be there, of course, but really impacting who I am as a person, their time is done. And my father has run out of time to do that. So I think that's another thing I'll pay attention to. Just be like, have an 18-year clock, kind of. There is the world of my father and then the real world. And I feel like he just lives in his own world, which maybe a lot of us do. And like, a, like philosophy. What's the word? Philosophically, we all do in a way. But... His world is actually, like, a complete 180 of the real world, where I think he thinks he could still be this, like, great person, make a lot of money, and with money pay back my mother and I for everything he put us through, and, like, he we could still really have a close relationship, and, like, I just don't really care for his company.